on Big V Racing. Green light on. With Dan Malicki. Yes, green light on on this Friday because we ran out of time yesterday on the Big V. So looking forward to getting Dan Malecki's thoughts on all of the big issues in harness racing at the moment. Uh, this is Big V Racing presented by Racing Victoria's Vobus program, Victoria, the state to breed, by own and race thoroughbred horses. Good afternoon to you, Danny. Thanks for jumping on for the second day in a row. Oh, my pleasure, Matt. Hey, I've got to read you this SMS, Dan, before we get stuck into the big issues right. because this uh, there's a, a man, his name is John. And he's from Heighton, and he called in earlier in the week. I don't know whether you were listening, but he wanted to make a side bet with Matt Stewart. Um, it was around Buenos Noches having a chance of winning the new market or not. And he offered up a, a percentage in his Nikoni filly. And, and Matt didn't really come to the party in the end with um, agreeing to have this bet. So John's texting again today. Hey, Hornet, where is Matt Stewart? Running scared because he knows Buenos Noches won't win. Not even a sorry mate can't take the bet. Just pretend it never happened, hey? Seems like he sleeps with the lights on. Gee whiz, he's really, really giving it to Matt Stewart. He's got to learn Matt pretty well very quickly, hasn't he? I'm on your side, John. I was going to say, what's your record like with Matt and side bets, Dan? Uh, I think the record is, over the time, about 14-2 as far as bottles of red wine, which cancels out two to be 12, 12 12-zip. I haven't got one of them. Yeah. And I don't think you were expecting to get any, to be honest with you. I'm not expecting it. I'm not holding my breath, no. 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 Hey, uh, Danny, there's a lot happening in harness racing at the moment. Um, I tell you, I want want to start with Lock and Varad, actually. And this is, I reckon this is fascinating. So... A couple of years ago, Lock and Varart was the biggest name in harness racing here in Australia. He was he was the big name. He was the clickbait horse before there was Ladies in Red, before there was Captain Ravishing. He was the one that people outside of harness racing were talking about. And now he's gone over to the US because of his um, his issues here in Australia that restrict him from restricted him from being able to race. And he's gone three from three. Yeah, and each time there've been slightly better fields as well. So he continues to improve and. I don't know if you watched that race the other day, but he, he won with something up his sleeve. It was a dominant win. He cruised to the line. He ran fast time, 151 on a half-mile track. I know Kevin Gordon was absolutely delighted in not just the way he's going, but the continued progression that he is making. And I'm not saying he's near his best when we saw him at his peak here, but clearly he's going better than what he was towards the end of his racing career uh, in Australia. His next race will be in a series not dissimilar to the way the Inter Dominion is set up. It's a series of races that's called the Bogata series, worth a lot of money, uh, and he's heading that way. And that was their aim pretty much all the way along. So I think they're delighted that they've got him in the frame of mind and the physical condition that they have. And a few of the horses he beat the other day were, were also heading that way. So they got a bit of a, a feel for some of the opposition. And I think the confidence is high that he'll, he'll perform well. But depth-wise, there'll be an even stronger group of horses that he's meeting next time around. But so far, uh, it looks as if that, that venture, that decision to go to the US is paying dividends, Matt. Yeah, I know we've had Shane Tritton on. Previously on Big V Racing, I think that might have even been before he'd had a start there in the US. So hopefully we can get onto him over the next week or so to have a chat on Big V Racing just to get a feel for how he's going and, and what what might lie ahead for him. Uh, this series that he's about to participate in, Dan, how do those paces compare to, say, the best ones here in Australia? Oh, they've got to be the, the, the top level. So we're talking about the, the best 
of the open class horses that are uh, eligible and, and are ready and up and going to run in it. It's worth a lot of money. So as far as prize money is concerned for the top level of horses, uh, they would all be hitting uh, that way. So um, the depth will be there. Um, Kevin likened it to an inter-dominion over here. So mm. if you keep that in mind, it's a series of attrition as well as one-on-one ability. So uh, it'll probably... Well, naturally it'll test him and it'll test all of his opposition, but I think he, at least having had three starts, he's ready. He should be spot on now to be able to contest a series like that. And we always thought that he would be the ideal inter-dominion horse to back up three times within a week and then a final. I think he would really relish that sort of racing. He certainly would have over here because he was the sort of horse that he could improve three or four lengths from his semi-final to his final. So with a series like this, it should suit him. If there's 95% of the DNA of the, the Lochinvar art that was in Australia still there, um, it hasn't changed him too much with you know the different setup and the different training and all that sort of stuff, it should suit him down to the ground. Yeah, We'll have to follow his journey because I think he's so interesting and um, it's great to see our best horses. You know, I know it's not the the, the, the perfect circumstances that he's over there, but um, I always find it interesting when any of our horses or you know greyhounds, whatever, go overseas and compete on the world stage to give us a gauge for for where we're at locally as well. I think it's always great. Hey, uh, the Vic Bread dates have changed, Dan, which I find really interesting as well. So they've moved from the New Year's Eve date to September 16. What do you make of that change? Yeah, look, it's not really the change that I I thought should happen. I mean, I can understand why um, decisions have been made for that to occur. It did get pretty busy at the bottom end of uh, the year. The racing season had changed through COVID. What what the breeding season, which would go from um, end at the end of August, so September one was the the, the birth date. Um, not dissimilar to where the, the thoroughbreds is with the end of uh, July, but. Um, in this case, it's the calendar year now. So with that, a number of feature races. Breeders' Crown was moved uh, from August to uh, de- uh, November. Uh, the Vic Bread, which was run in July, was moved to New Year's Eve. Now, um, it-, it was pretty busy. There's no doubt about that because the Vic Bread incorporates two-year-olds, three-year-olds and four-year-old divisions. And it's a series. It's not a one-off race. So um, it ended up uh, on New Year's Eve. Probably if, if you could have... Uh, use the crystal ball, it would have been better the Vic Bread in November and the Breeders' Crown uh, in December. But the Breeders' Crown, not so much a series, just one-out races for horses that might have accumulated the highest prize money throughout the, the year to qualify for one-off races. Might have worked better that way, but I think a bit too much water has gone under the bridge. The, the, the problem I have is more relative to the big crowd that we get New Year's Eve. It, it is twice the size of what you would get uh, at uh, the Inter-Dominion or, or, the, or the Hunter Cup. A lot of them are non-racing people. Um, and you want to educate those people, make them feel comfortable to enjoy the night, know what they're dealing with, and it's only five weeks to the Hunter Cup and have them come back. And when you're seeing quality horses going around, I think it's far easier to sell a product. So now we're, we're, we're going to... Look, we might have an okay program there, and you're still going to get the crowd. So I understand their mentality by doing that. 
Um, but I just hope the right people can still get out there and not be too, um, uh, too, uh, your family orientated to, to get involved with the holidays. And I think that's where the, the, the distance and the isolation is. Too many people in harness racing and harness racing headquarters want to have that time off. And rightly so with their family. It's an important time of the year. But if you've been involved in harness racing for as long as, say, I have or most of the participants have, that time of the year is, is the best harness racing around. And, and I hope that they can get out there. There's plenty of other things they can do to improve the target audience that they want to get back through the summer of glory. And I, I think it's a great area. If people were willing to pull their finger out, we could do a lot better with. And, you know, I've always been there on the New Year's Eve. I'd much prefer to be home with my family uh, as well at that time of the year. But I know the job at hand and how important it is to try and sell that product. And I, and I, I wish and hope that everyone else at Harness Race in Victoria could be on that same little platform going forward uh, because it would benefit the summer of glory a lot more, I think. Yeah, you make some interesting points there, Dan. No doubt about that. This is Big V Racing. You're with Matt Nevitt and Dan Malecki on a Friday afternoon right up until 1 o'clock when our race day coverage kicks in. Uh, Dan, interesting uh, what's going on with the the Good Friday program at Stall. They've incorporated a a new style of race series for the Pacers, um, which will be similar to the Great Southern Star where they'll be required to race twice in order to win this series. Yeah, I think, look, I don't mind it. I, I think it's a good idea, and see, that's why I like to level it out. I, I'm not totally satisfied with New Year's Eve, but understand the decisions made there. Uh, whereas this, this is for a low-level grade of horse. Uh, no more than three career wins, haven't won at their last five starts, and they'll run in heats and then back up in a race later on. So it's a point of difference, and I think it's a good idea. And that's the Good Friday meeting as well. Um, you know, again, um, I know, how, I know your thoughts on Good Friday, Dan. Well, you know, look, I sort of think Good Friday is a far more precious and, and sacred day than what New Year's Eve is to me, and I think a lot of people, but yet, you know, we don't have feature racing or there's not a lot of thought. No one wants to work on New Year's Eve. Yet here we are working on Good Friday. It doesn't make sense to me, but nonetheless, it's a great idea for Stall. Stall will put on a really good show. It's a wonderful place to be at at that time of the year with a stall gift. And, and even that day, if you want to go to the races, uh, enjoy a really good race day, the stall gift Calcutta, the Athletics Calcutta, will be held at the venue uh, in the evening, so after the race meeting. So you can enjoy a, a great day, great evening. If you are wanting to go enjoy the Calcutta and be a part of the weekend, um, you probably won't be able to book in there, but you'll look for places uh, within 100 k's or so to book in and enjoy the weekend because it is one place that is alive over the Easter weekend, and I think it makes sense to have that harness meeting on that time of the year. I wouldn't necessarily say Good Friday, but it would work for them uh, this year for sure. Hey, I'm with you on Good Friday, Dan, but I think, unfortunately for us and probably a few others, we might have lost that argument, not just in harness racing, I think in all codes and sports. It's just, it'll probably be like Christmas Day. It, it pains me to say it, but it's, it's heading in that direction, isn't it? Uh, look, it, it probably is, as long as the option is there to be able to not work if you want to. Um, I, I work around the clock, and you know my two most special days are, are Christmas Day and Good Friday, and actually of the two, it's probably more Good Friday, because you can actually spend it with your um, immediate family, and in my case, it'll be my wife and and my kids, whereas Christmas Day, it's more for the extended families and, mm. you know, the grandparents and, and uh, brothers and sisters and the like. So I, I would have actually said Good Friday was far more mm. of a sacred and special day. Hey, looking ahead to this weekend's racing, Dan, at Melton, we've got uh, the La Cucaracha free-for-all for the Trotters and we've got Country Cups on Sunday at Birchip and Wangaratta. Um, is there a couple that you like over the weekend? 
Yeah, look, Sunday is terrific. Birchip and Wangaratta, they're, they're two places where I reckon they get more people to their race meetings that actually reside in the in the towns, which is extraordinary, and, and it's great to see. I'll be going to Wangaratta, and I go there specifically because I've really enjoyed the ambience and what the club have been able to put on. They get a wonderful crowd, and it's so entertaining. And Birchip's the same. If you get to see vision of them on the track, they will be uh, bulging at the seams pretty much around the racetrack there. And Saturday night, the La Cucaracha, what a wonderful trotter she was in the early 2000s. Um, I think the best of the night is actually a horse that was trained by La Cucaracha's trainer and Andy Gath, and that is Outlaw Man, race eight, number seven. I was actually a little bit surprised at the value. I thought he could have come up odds, odds on, and it put me off a little bit for making him a best bet, but uh, I consider him a bit of value. Race eight, horse number seven, tomorrow night, currently at $3.40, Outlaw Man. All right, Danny, we'll be following those tips over the weekend, and uh, we, we cut out early when we had Mick McGuan on as well. He likes one at Geelong tonight. Race three each, uh, the three each way at around $9. So might be one to follow tonight at Geelong. Dan, hey, I appreciate you jumping on for a second day in a row. Now, tomorrow morning on Cracking the Codes, you've got a very big name guest on, Dan, I hear. Very, very big name. Yeah, looking forward to Bruce McAvenny joining us live from Flemington tomorrow. Uh, so we'll be able to have a good chat with uh, with Bruce. And uh, I cut my teeth uh, early in my life as a cadet journalist working at Channel 10 with Bruce. So we've known each other for a long period of time and um, I'm sure it'll be a highlight for everybody. Uh, Clint McDonald will join us, have a chat about Weekend Hustler, but also about Star Patrol. And uh, we'll have a wrap-up of the Horsham Cup Greyhounds from tonight. Simone Fisher will join us, Matt Stewart and myself. Uh, and we've got a special preview for Harness Racing coming up as well our first show tonight it'll go to air around 11 o'clock but it will be available on podcast so on the rsn website rsn.net.au and also the trots.com.au website which is harness racing victoria uh, and it's the saturday night harness preview something that we hadn't had previously so it'll be rob Orber and myself previewing uh, the saturday night program in this case it's melton tomorrow night so you can hear that on air tonight as uh, tonight at 11 o'clock forgot what day it was uh, for a second there and also uh, through through the podcasting you can listen to it um, at your convenience and that's the Saturday night harness preview show and it's got a really catchy uh, intro to that that uh, anyone about my my vintage will remember the music really well so hopefully we can find a few people uh, some winners there on harness racing at Melton tomorrow night now 10:35 I've had that clarified Danny 10:35 not 11:30 I believe that's coming okay, from that's coming terrific. from the boss, so I'm sure it's right. Yep, he'll know better than me. I just do the job. He, he just tells me what to do, and I do it. That's right, and we do it very well. Hey, Dan, uh, I'll be on the Gold Coast over the weekend, but with the beauty of the RSN app, I'll be tuning into all of the action over the weekend to hear your dulcet tones. I look forward to it. Well, Ben Starter, one of our sponsors for tonight's Sahana's Preview Show, they've got some horses going to the Gold Coast sales over the weekend. So if you wander down to the complex there, you might find yourself, you just put in, say, Rob Orber and Dan Reliki put in a good word for you, and Ben Stud might be able to look after you there with something they're selling at the sales. So keep right. that in mind. All right, I like it. I'm sure my fiance will be wrapped that I'm going to the sales while I'm on the Gold Coast to buy a horse. <laughs> well, anyway. maybe if you say it's for her, you yeah. might get away with it. That's right, that's right. Good on you, Danny. Good luck. Thanks, mate. There's Dan Reliki joining us there. With his thoughts ahead of the weekend's harness racing.